You're listening to the Faculty Podcast. In this interview, Alice and Morgan discusses the poetry about Robert Emmett and the way in which they contribute to the evolution of this genre and the radical nationalism associated with it. In terms of where, where it comes from, actually, I um, wrote my PhD thesis in 2012, which explored primarily Shelley's um, response to the Peterloo Massacre, so his poems and songs that he wrote on Peterloo. And as part of that research, I was interested, became interested in these, these earlier poems which have been quite neglected. And for me, the, the themes um, that he explored and ideas in these Irish poems are a forerunner to what he was to do in Peterloo. So then the, the Irish poems became a chapter in the PhD thesis. And then once I'd finished that, I thought that they, it, it was worthy of kind of publishing as an article in its own right. In terms of the genre of the elegy, so that is absolutely central to Irish literature. Um, I mean, any exploration of Irish literature needs to consider the colonial context. So Ireland had been a colony of England initially since the 12th century. Um, and so that, that kind of very fraught relationship where we see ourselves as quite similar to the Irish, but there's also huge differences. So underpinning any exploration of culture um, is that relationship, that quite fraught relationship. And elegies are central to Irish literature um, as a way of mourning the not only individuals, so obviously these elegies that, that the article explores are directly about the death of Robert Emmett, the, the kind of rebel patriot hero I'll talk about a bit more later but but it's wider than that it's mourning the loss of a nation the loss of cultural identity the loss of language the loss of freedom so all of that underpins these elegies and Charlotte Brooke who was an antiquarian in the 18th century who published a lot of ancient elegies talks about how the Irish language itself is suited to the genre of elegy, the, the, the kind of the mournfulness. I mean, I don't speak any Irish, but, but we just think about um, the Irish accent and the kind of cadences within that, that kind of musicality, but also a sense of kind of mournfulness in there. So elegies are fundamental to, to the Irish. Robert Emmett um, is a, a, a rebel. He was a United Irishman who was part of the failed 1803 uprising. So we know a lot more about the 1798 uprising that was led by um, Wolf Tone. So these United Irishmen, who were actually predominantly Protestants rather than Catholics, inspired by the French Revolution, wanted to overthrow British rule, wanted emancipation for Ireland and particularly emancipation for Catholics as well. The 1798 rebellion failed. Then in 1803, we get this kind of second planned uprising. This was during the Napoleonic Wars, and it was hoped that, that, the, uh, that Napoleon would actually uh, liberate Ireland and use Ireland as a, as a kind of hopping point to invade England. And this was a really real fear for the English that Napoleon would attack them from Ireland. Anyway, Robert Emmett, um, a Protestant, a lawyer... Um, led this uprising, which failed really before it got going. And, and as, well as, as well as his part in this, what's contributed to his memorialization is the speech that he gave in the dock at his, ex uh, at his trial. 
So he gave this really powerful speech that's become part of, of not only Irish kind of folklore, but also radical folklore. This speech was recited quite often in England by the Chartists as well as um, by the Irish. And he talks about the fact that he doesn't want an epitaph, that he says that it's only when the Irish are free, then shall his epitaph be written. And, and he talks about um, until then there will be silence. So silence is, is a, a key part in the exploration of the poems um, about Ireland, but also about Emmett. So we see Shelley, um, Southey and Moore all wrote poems about Robert Emmett, but, but coming from very different points of view. So if we consider Thomas Moore, Thomas Moore was Irish. Um, he was a very successful um, poet. Um, he, he sold lots and lots of copies and he wrote... Um, lots of volumes of Irish melodies. So these songs, he wrote the lyrics to ancient Irish tunes that were played in the drawing rooms of England. But some of those um, actually are, are a lot more political than they first appear. And a couple of those are, are implicitly, if not explicitly, about Emmett. And probably the most famous of that is Breathe Not His Name. So even though he doesn't mention Emmett, um, anybody reading the poem or understanding the context in which it was written would understand that it is about Robert Emmett. And there Moore explores this idea of silence, that the way in which the Irish have been silenced by their imperial masters, the way in which their language and culture has been silenced. Um, but also it, it's a poem of hope, of rebirth, that following the death of Emmett, that, that perhaps through his martyrdom, that, that new waves of rebellion will come to the fore. And the third thing, really, about all of these elegies about Robert, Robert Emmett is then their desire to provide a memorial. So, you know, an elegy is a memorialization of, of the person who's died. And certainly they all do that. They all talk about how there is a lack of memorial for Emmett. And in that lack of a memorial, the poems themselves become that memorial. So until this day, we don't know where Robert Emmett is buried. He was executed um, following his trial. So, you know, he, he doesn't have that kind of physical gravestone that people can visit. So the poets in turn saw it as their duty to provide that kind of sense of honouring and memorialising him. So Moore's is, is very much written from, from that, that kind of Irish sensibility, that shared experience of, of being under colonial rule. And the fact that he used ancient tunes to his words also um, makes that link between ancient Irish culture um, much stronger as well. So even though English people playing these songs, listening to these songs, would not necessarily have understood those the links that the tunes conveyed, any Irish person would understand that, that he's really um, trying to be as kind of spokesperson for Irish culture. Then if we look at Robert Southey's poem about Robert Emmett, this is, this is really, really different. Um, so so Southey's poem is very um, contradictory. It's, it's full of tensions. He wrote it after hearing the speech that Emmett gave in the dock. He was inspired by that. He was inspired by 
and its um, radicalism, its heroism, yet at the same time he completely disagrees with his politics. So you've got this, this real unease in the poem between Saudi kind of kind of commending Emmett's heroism and, and talking about, again, that need for a memorial, and yet he disagrees completely with what he said and talks about how actually it's better that Emmett is dead than alive um, and, and perhaps live to regret his, his early radicalism. And, of course, Saudi himself was, was a kind of radical in his early years who, like Coleridge and Wordsworth, became much more conservative as he got older, and in fact, Saudi, you know, was the poet laureate, so very much a figure of the establishment. And he talks in, in his poem, which is called, written immediately after reading the speech of Robert Emmett on his trial and conviction for high treason, he talks about, here in free England shall an English hand build thy imperishable monument. So just as, as Moore's on about, you know, using a poem to provide a monument to Emmett, so is, is Saudi, but it's an English hand. So, you know, any Irish person reading this poem, um, it just reinforces the colonial relationship where, where even in the kind of commemoration of one of its rebel heroes, it's an English person taking control of that. So I, th I think in the Saudi poem, we end up learning more about Saudi than we do about Emmett. Um, and certainly elegies traditionally not only tell us about the dead but they also tell us about the living as well the person who's writing the poem so elegies can also be a form of, of self-expression as well as um, memorialization and remembrance for the dead and then we come to um, Shelley's poems so, so Shelley very young man he went to Dublin in 1812 so he was yeah, very, very young. Um, he, he was inspired by Irish politics. He felt that, that things were going to happen at that period. There was a campaign in England towards Catholic emancipation. There was also a, sen a sense that something would change, that, that King George III was incapacitated and so the Prince Regent was in charge. And, and he kind of made noises that he would consider Catholic emancipation. So there was a sense among Catholics, Catholics in England and Irish supporters that something would happen. It didn't at the time. So inspired by this, Shelley actually went to Dublin and spent six weeks there. Relatively unsuccessfully, he, he thought that he could take part in kind of political agitation and, and did so, but, but rather clumsily and not really understanding the nuances of um, the kind of sectarian tensions within Irish politics. Anyway, one of the things, or two of the things that, that came out of this were, were two poems written about Robert Emmett. Um, and it's believed that during his stay in Dublin, Shelley visited St. Michan's Churchyard, where it is believed Emmett is buried, buried, although we don't know that. So the first poem on Robert Emmett's tomb is, is set in St. Michan's graveyard, and is very, very similar to Moore. To Moore's poems in the sense that it's written in a kind of balladic um, structure, it's quite simple, those, those kind of four-line stanzas, so it's very accessible in the way that Moore's songs were. It's not in, indicated whether or not this would be sung, I don't think it would be, although it does have that kind of musical quality to it. 
and very similar to, to Moore's um, elegies on Robert Emmett, Shelley is talking about providing a monument. Um, and, and he also draws on traditional Irish tropes. So we have references to the shamrock, to Erin as the name that's used for Ireland. Again, silence um, permeates the poem. So this sense that that um, there is silence, nobody is allowed really to, to have voice in Ireland because of the colonial oppression. But as with Moore's poems, there's also a sense of hope. Um, Moore uses night and day, so, so that sense that, you know, day follows night, so the sense that there is regeneration and rebirth. Um, Shelley uses the seasons, so he starts off by talking about winter, may the tempests of winter. But as the poem progresses, there is that, that sense that, of course, after winter comes spring. And he, he talks in the final stanza about when the storm cloud that lowers over the day beam is gone, unchanged, unextinguished, unextinguished its life spring will shine. When Erin has ceased with their memory to groan, she will smile through the tears of revival on thine. So it does end with hope that Ireland will come out of this period that weathers through the martyrdom of Emmett, um, through you know the, the rebels who were coming forth, that he that Ireland would achieve its liberty ultimately. Mm-hmm.